Welcome to the Make a Dent podcast. Our goal is to make disciples, be a safe space where truth meets love, and meet people where they are at so they can make a difference at their schools, with their friends, and with anyone they meet. We often sterilize church so much that we think God is only in our local church buildings. And that's not at all accurate. If everything is meaningless and like academics don't fulfill you or friends don't fulfill you or like shopping or like everything that you guys are saying, then like, what's the point of trying? We are guaranteed nothing in this world. So what are we going to do about it? I would make a den is about make sure you live your life in a way that makes a life worth living. I think it's easy for uh, in church to be a place of truth where we're all following the standard or trying to follow God and the standard he set for us. But sometimes we miss the mark of doing it in love. Leaders and cultures and churches, I didn't want to get into the mess. They wanted those who were the pure, and they wanted the others to clean themselves up, wash themselves, get themselves white as snow, and then they'd be presentable for church. And honestly speaking, we've kind of, I don't see that in scripture, I don't see that in the gospel. And that's what made me fall in love with Jesus first, was the community, because I saw in flesh what it meant to be a follower of Jesus, and the power that he has in the gospel has in other people's lives. So we want ISM to be a place for people who are lost, people who are in the mud, people who are feeling like, no, I'm too far for God. I'm too much of a project. We want those people because we don't believe we can change you, but we do at our core believe the power of Christ can transform you. On today's episode, we'll be listening to the message given on Wednesday night at Youth Group. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so like we said last week, Lindsay spoke. What was Lindsay's message about? We said baptism, but I think she went over temptation. Good, perfect, the 40 days. I could not imagine going 40 days without food and just drinking water. When she told us that it was 40 days from the last day at camp, I was thinking in my head, that's absolutely ludicrous. There's no way I could actually possibly have done that. Hey, turn around and say, hey, Asher. And then say, everybody go, bye, Asher. <laughs> Bye, Asher. Hope you find your dad. Um, okay, so he knows his dad. Don't worry. Okay, so <laughs> this week we're going to be going through the man series and we're going to be going through Matthew 12 or Matthew chapter 4, 12 through 22. This is a series that opens up with Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah. It goes over Jesus's first disciples, and then it goes over when he first started his ministry. So that's what we'll be going over this week. What I'm going to first start is just going over bits and parts of Matthew, and then we'll slowly break it out through today's message. Does that sound okay to you guys? Good, because if you said no, I was just going to do it anyway. So that actually works out. All right, so in, I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 4, verse 12, and I think we have it on the board. We do. Good. Perfect. Okay. When Jesus heard that John has been, had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth and then 
Then he left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. I love that word, Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. So in Matthew, he kind of gives something from the book of Isaiah, and he carries it over. So it's right here. So it says, "In In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness had seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casted its shadow, the light, a light has shined. And then four, or 17, it says, From then on, Jesus began preaching, Repent of your sins and return to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. I'm going to focus really on first Isaiah's prophecy. I think it's a really cool thing when you start going over prophecy. I don't know why I always find it really fun. But there's a lot of prophecies if you go through the Old Testament. Um, but... This prophecy was talking about where Jesus was speaking and what type of like where he started his ministry. And a lot of people think, oh, yeah, okay, it said that in the Bible. But you don't realize that that prophecy alone was 460 years prior. Isaiah was talking about where the Messiah will be starting his prophecy. Some of the prophecies were even written a thousand years before the Messiah even came. There's some prophecies like the location of Christ's birth the location of his death, the location of where the Messiah was teaching, just like Isaiah said right there, the dates that the Messiah would be coming, where he was going to be born, the specific family he's going to be born to, um, Christ's portrayal, um, the manner of his death, the virgin birth, um, how Christ said, for say, or Jesus said on the cross, my God, my God, how, how, why have you forsaken me? Um, and then Christ will be speaking in parables. The reason why I like really going over these parables, I think it's actually a cool little thing, um, are these prophecies. So a Westmont College professor actually broke up some of these prophecies, and he did a little test. I'm going to try it with you guys today. Yeah, it's Skittles. Don't worry. So this professor in his class he broke it between 12 of his classes between 600 of his students he actually went through and went through eight different prophecies of christ and how the odds of one man being fulfilling of one of those prophecies of how crazy that would be for one man just to fulfill eight of those prophecies so i'm marking this little skittle right here and i'm going to drop it in and I need, obviously, a volunteer. Skittles. All right, let's see. You got to close your eyes. You got to close your eyes. Let's see if you can get the one I marked. One. Just grab one Skittle. Nope, didn't get it. Let's see it. See. Close your eyes. Don't look. Oh, look. You can eat the Skittle. They're good to eat. I actually cleaned the bowl beforehand to see if I can do it. No? No one's getting it yet? Come on, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Come on, come on. Let's see if we can get it. Come on. Grab it. Just one. Just one. Grab one. Did he get it? Oh, come on. One. You gotta close your eyes. Close your Don't look. No cheating. Come on, Haley. Grab it. Come on. Come on. Get, get the black Skittle. If you get the black Skittle, don't eat it. No. Okay. Okay. I gotta get some people on this side. Let's see here. 
Don't look. Don't look. Did you get it? Okay. Okay. I'm going to get one more. One more. See if you can get it. Don't look. Don't look. Okay. Grab it. One Skittle. Did you get it? Let me see. Did you get it? Yeah. Whoa! The black Skittle! Don't eat that one because I just marked it with marker. Okay. I'm stoked. So how many people do we have to go through to try to get one person to get it? If you guys are good, I have a whole bag of Skittles. I'll give you a couple Skittles. A couple each. I don't have enough for everybody. I promise. Okay. So getting back to Skittles. I mean to this college professor. I know Skittles come up and everybody's like, Skittles. Okay. But this college professor did, did it between 600 of his students. And he said the odds that one man would fulfill these eight prophecies, let me see if we have the number right here. It was 10 to the 17th power. So it's a quintillion amount. So it's a one with 17 zeros in it. That's, that's a big, big number. So coins. coins, yeah, she went a little ahead. Don't worry, you'll figure it out. So you saw in the Skittles, it took, I would say like 10 people. 10, 11 people, and we finally got the Skittle, and don't eat that Skittle. I know you're looking at it, and you're like, mm, I really want to eat this Skittle. It's just a little marker. It's okay. So I'll give you a couple. Don't worry. But this college professor, so this is, you saw for those Skittles, it was one in a hundred chance that you would get the Skittle. Okay, so for the, to try to think of it in the Skittle side, you know the silver dollars that are like, kind of like, like a little circle right there. Okay, so imagine if I got a silver dollar and I stacked it up two feet high, okay? And then I got it two feet high across the state of Texas. Yeah, the state of Texas, the second biggest state in the United States. And you shook it all up. And then you took, I'm like, hey, Owen, okay? You can go anywhere in Texas and you gotta get that coin. You just can pick one. And it's for them to go and pick that coin the odds for them to find that one coin would be the odds that Jesus or that one man fulfilled those eight prophecies. Do you know how many prophecies are in the Old Testament about the Messiah? Good, I'm glad, because I'm going to tell you right now. 456 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. That was just eight of the prophecies. Think about that. Two feet deep across the state of Texas and one person would be like, hey, drive around and you only pick one and the odds of that person picking up. That's why I always thought it was really cool that Isaiah talked about this and this is exactly where the Messiah, Jesus, came to start his ministry, which was exactly what happened. So I don't know why I thought that was really cool when I was reading that. I just thought the state of Texas and two feet high of coins blew my mind. And then I wanted to try it and I'm like, there's no way that I can make this odds the right way. So I was like, I'll just do a thing of Skittles. And there was a hundred Skittles in there. I actually had to count them out. One, two, three, four. I did count them. I promise. Okay. So I'm going to rewind a little. We kind of went over this first already, but I'm going to touch back on it and then um, talk about it a little more. So in Matthew 4, 17, this is when Jesus started his ministry. He says, From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. I think it's really interesting that the first thing that Jesus talks about, what was it? First thing he says, repent. What's repentance? Does anybody know what repentance is? 
So it's like if you were like doing something wrong and I was like, I'm going to stop. If I was going this way, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn the other way and I'm going to walk this way. So I completely stop and I'm turning away from the one thing that I was doing. So repenting from your sin, repenting from the evil life is completely changing the bad behavior and starting to do a good behavior. So that's kind of what repentance is. The second thing he talks about is the kingdom of heaven is near. I don't want to scare you guys, but tomorrow is not promised. I know it's crazy to think that you just might not make it home today. You're going to drive home with your parents and be like, what did you learn? Like, I learned that I might get in a car accident and not make it home. I know, I know. Don't worry, you'll probably all be safe. Don't worry. Um, on my street, down to um, my school. You never know. You never know. But the reason why it's so important, because for everybody... The kingdom of heaven is truly near and we need to repent and turn away from our sin and accept Jesus as our savior. So I always think it's interesting. I always people think about that. Who has a parent that says, hey, go clean your room. Do your parents check your room? They do, right? So what if your parents never checked your room? They're like, hey, go clean your room. But you knew they were never going to come. Would your room be that clean? No, no, no. But if you knew your parent was one of those parents that they'll be back in a couple minutes and they're going to check your room, are you going to be a little extra detailed on your room? So I remember when I was a little kid, my parents, my dad was a traveling salesman. So he would leave for like four to five days and then he would come back. So my parents were really tricky. They would say, oh, we'll be back tomorrow night. And tomorrow night would come. They wouldn't come back. And don't worry, I had an older sister and an older brother. So I was like 15 and they were like 20 and they'd be living at the house. They wouldn't leave me alone. But we just never knew when my mom was coming back or my dad was coming back. They would just say, we'll be back. We'll be back. And then whenever one time they'll be like, oh yeah, we're coming back on Saturday. And it was a Thursday night. And I'm like, all right, I can have some friends over. We can all hang out. You know, my parents aren't going to come back till Saturday. What do I hear at eight o'clock at night? The garage door open with a few friends over at the house. I think I wouldn't have done that if I knew that my parents were coming back that night, but they told me they were going to be back on Saturday. So did I get in trouble? What do you think? Yeah. You thought right. I was busted. I was busted. I was like, they just stopped by to say hi. That's what happened. They were just leaving. Bye, guys. So if I would have known that my parents were coming back, I would have repented. So I think it's very important that Jesus tells us to repent and turn from our sins because the kingdom of heaven is near because that's how we need to be living our lives is that preparation that you never know if tomorrow is going to happen. You don't know if you're going to get a car accident next to your house. You don't know if your friend next to you is going to be getting in a car accident. You want to be like, hey, dude, do you know Jesus? Because if they don't, you don't want to let them not make it to the next day and not know about Jesus. So, all right, now I got to cheat a little and go with my bifocals. I know, you know, you're getting old when you got to start using glasses. All right, so I'm going to go to Matthew 4.18. This one's a little longer, so bear with me because I'm a phenomenal reader. Okay. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Oh, man, I want to fish for a living. That would be great. Um, Jesus called them out. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers. Fish. Oh, I, I was, I'm going to the old one. Fish for people. And they left their nets and followed him, or at once followed him. I think that's amazing that they just got up and just like, okay, cool, let's go. All right, here we go. 
A little further up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John, sitting in the boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them, or called to them to come, come to him. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat. They f- left their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the regions of Galilee. Galilee, remember, is that area full of Gentiles. Remember that? Okay, okay. So, teaching in the synagogues and announcing that God's news, or good news, about the kingdom. He healed every kind of diseases and illness. News about him spread f- as far as Syria and the people soon be beginning are uh, bringing to him all who were sick and whenever they were, were all right and wherever their their sickness or diseased or if they were demon possessed or paralytic or paralyzed he healed them all large crowds followed followed him wherever he went people of Galilee the 10 towns Ju- um, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from east of the Jordan. So, if you heard some guy was healing people, what would you guys do? Would you follow that guy? That would be pretty crazy. I imagine it. I would, if you saw a guy that was paralyzed for his life and then got up, I think this is pretty crazy because I think we don't really take the appreciative because we all know this story, right? Everybody's kind of like, I know the Bible. I kind of get it. I understand. But in Matthew, in this part, just like I talked about in all those prophecies, this is the time that through those 39 books of the Old Testament, this is the first time that the Messiah is on the scene. This is the first time that in the Bible that they're talking about the Messiah is finally here. He's doing the ministry. This is like, they've been waiting thousands of years for this. This is a big deal. And all the, a lot of the people were following him and seeing that. And a lot of them were Gentiles, just like us. If you guys don't know who Gentiles are, they're non-Jewish people. Um, But it's crazy to think that that's exactly like I would be doing that. I'd be following him all over the place. But it's wild to think that it was these 2,000 years talking about this, talking about this person coming, talking about God coming to, and I say person, God coming, the Messiah coming, and this is the time. This is when it happens. And it's like, I always took Matthew for granted when I was reading through it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, this is when Jesus starts his ministry. This is a big deal. It's huge. The Messiah is finally here, and he's starting his ministry. The Jewish people have been waiting forever for it. And I know when I spoke last time, we talked about the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It's They were like, who's this guy? It's like, this is the guy you've been waiting for this whole time. I think it's just wild. So it's it first, I mean, Christ first talks about the, the coming of the kingdom of heaven, and then he takes these guys that are fishing and makes them fishers of men or fishers for people and that's the time that God is calling us to be fishers of men too as well I mean he's not calling if you were going to start a ministry would you be like you know what I'm going to get those guys fishing over there or would he go to like the biggest influencer on TikTok and be like hey dude I know you got like 50,000 followers like if you get my message out this is going to be like he went to guys repairing their nets and casting fish or their fish nets out to try to catch and he's like hey you guys are going to be my my first disciples let's start this story like I think that's ludicrous because I wouldn't have done that but I think it's amazing to think because who am I I'm just some guy that lives in Menifee like I'm not anybody special but at the same time Jesus wants to use me to enrich his kingdom who are you guys? You guys are 
the Lord is calling you. You might not feel like you're like the biggest deal on campus or the most popular person, but the Lord is saying, I'm going to use you to to speak to all these kids in this school. I'm going to use you to spread the good news. And everybody knows the good news. It's the gospel. It's the, it's the coming of the kingdom of heaven. It's the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that while we were still sinners, Christ died. I think that's an amazing, amazing thing that that's, that happens. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go into, um, um, God, Jesus' great commission. So I know we're going through the book of Matthew. I'm going to do a little um, foreshadowing. I'm going to go over like the last thing that Jesus did in the book of Matthew. So it's Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is the great commission. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I, the reason why I fast forwarded it to this point is because this is what Jesus is calling all of us to do is to go out, obviously obey, repent from your sins, and then start to live your life for Christ and go and get other disciples. And some old guy, old dead guy said, and I actually had to look this one up because I really wasn't a hundred percent sure of who actually said it, but it was Sir Francis of Assisi, A-S-S-I-S-I, who wants to, Assisi, is that what it is? Okay, thank you, man. Um, he said, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. If necessary. What does that mean? No raising your hand in the back. Okay. If you were like me and driving like a maniac on the freeway and cutting everybody off and get out of my way and turn around, they would definitely look at you and be like, that guy loves Jesus. You can definitely tell that guy loves Jesus. If you were going up to cool kids at school and be like, hey, what do you got for lunch? Turkey sandwich? Give me a turkey sandwich. Bully. So are, am I using words to say, hey, I'm a bully. I'm a bad driver. No, but my actions obviously went and said, this guy's a bully. This guy's a bad driver. So preach always, or preach the gospel always and use words if necessary. Your actions speak louder than words. That's one thing that you can see. If you're being loving and kind to other people, other people are going to be gravitated to you because of that. So it's very important that we understand that we need to, again, the first thing that Jesus says is repent. And then he says the kingdom of heaven is coming soon. So I think repentance and living a life of loving others, because he says to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. If we're doing that, people are going to see that and they're going to be like, I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person that just loves on people and is kind to me. Even when someone took my turkey sandwich and be like, you know what? Obviously he's hungrier than I am. Take my turkey sandwich. I'll eat one when I get home. So, I mean, that's hard to say. It's easier to say than do, but I think it's a perfect start for what's happening next month at ISM. What are we doing next month? Invite night. Yeah, that's right. So this is the time invite month. That's right. So this is a perfect time that do you have to say, Hey, you need Jesus. I see you're a sinner and you're a terrible person. 
Yes. Come to church with me. No, you don't want to say that to someone, but you could be like, hey, we're having this really cool thing. We're having raffles. We're having the Red Power Ranger come. We're going to be having like flavor. Yeah, dude. Red Power Ranger's coming. Yeah. Oh, my God. oh yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a surprise. We've been telling people about it. Yes. So. Yeah. So. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I know you guys all heard Red Power Rangers. Your mind's exploded. But let me just wrap it up really quickly. This is this month is a time for you guys to not have to to try to give someone the gospel. Don't worry about spreading the gospel to them. Bring them here. I'll, I'll do that for you. But just bring them here just so they can hear it. If tomorrow is not promised and we don't know if tomorrow is going to come, don't you want to have one of your friends that you know doesn't know Jesus be like, hey, come to church. I would love for you to hear this message because ultimately if they heard the message and they turned to Christ, wouldn't that be pretty amazing that they saved their life? And that's, that's their souls in heaven forever. And you guys get a part of that. That's pretty amazing. I always think that Jesus is going to like open his be like, hey, I'm God. Hey, just so everybody believe in me and be like, oh, cool. But that, I would be great if he did that. But at the same time, I wouldn't have a part of that. So Jesus wants us to be his good news spreaders. So I know we have the Chuck goal. The ch- <laughs> but the Chuck goal is to invite three people to come to invite month this week or this month coming up. <laughs> so much for listening. If you have any questions, get in contact with us. Check out the links below for our social media pages. DM us, message us, tag us in things, and we'll see you guys next time.